0: Well, once again, good morning. Welcome to Riverside. Whether you're here in our physical location or whether you're a part of our online community, we're so excited to have you with us today. Because today is a really exciting morning here in the history of our church for a myriad of reasons. But number one is that three weeks ago on Vision Sunday, we laid out the vision that the Lord has given us as a church family as we launch into 2022 together. And it is all around this idea of the interior, the exterior, and the inferior. And we challenged you three weeks ago to start praying about your involvement as we come together today to take our massive end-of-the-year offering. See, there are people that are a part of this church family that believe in the vision, that have rooted themselves in this body, that believe, man, I want to be a part of what God is doing in 2022 through Riverside in this community and around the world. And today is the day that we take up that end-of-the-year bad offering. See, if you're here for the very first time or you're here for Baptism Sunday, you need to know that one of the values here at Riverside is that we pray bad prayers. Bold, audacious, daring prayers. We believe that God can do infinitely more than we could ever even ask or imagine. And so today, so many of you have come prepared to give to accelerate that vision. And so today, before you leave, you should have gotten your bad offering envelope a few weeks ago. We have a few more on hand out in the lobby if you need that. But I will tell you in advance, thank you, Riverside, for partnering with us. I believe the Lord continues to give us vision for what the next year is going to look like. And thank you for being a part as we accelerate the vision. We truly believe here at Riverside, the best is yet to come. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, not only today is our bad offering, but you've come on a really special morning because today is Baptism Sunday. We have 21 people over the course of the 9 and 11 o'clock service that are saying, I've entered into a relationship with Jesus and I want everybody to know about it. We have 14 in this 9 o'clock service. We have 7 more in the 11 o'clock service. And if you've never been a part of a Riverside baptism, get ready. Because I don't know your church background, but for us, we get excited when people come out of the water. See, we believe that life changes happen, and so now we celebrate. The tank is just a symbol, it's just a representation. Nothing crazy happens in there, but it's showing that people are marked out. I'm following Jesus for the rest of my days. Amen. But we're also in week three of a series that we're calling Unto Us. Unto us, we've taken this from Isaiah 9 6. And if you're here for the very first time, Isaiah 9 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And on week three today, we are going to spend just a little bit of time. I'm going to preach you in record time today, Riverside. You don't need to get that excited about it. Going back to normal. you get your hour and five next week. But today I want to preach from this idea of an everlasting father. See, that word everlasting, I really want you to get it. Everlasting means enduring through all time, continuing indefinitely. It never runs out. It keeps going and going and going and see when you experience the love of an everlasting father today I want to give you 3 things that we see when the Lord partners with us when we t- attach our life to him there are 3 things that I believe that the Lord shows us. Number 1 if you're taking notes today the first thing that I believe that we find is everlasting feedback. Everlasting feedback. Just earlier this week we celebrated as a team we had a staff Christmas party And so I was driving back home a way that I've been that way before, but it's not my normal route. And as I was getting on the interstate, I started to see a sign there that said an exit up ahead was closed. But in my head, surely that can't be. I just drove that a week or two ago. Surely IDOT has no idea what they're talking about. And so I started to drive and sure enough, the exit that I needed to take to get my way home was closed. And so I had that moment, what do I need to do? And I kept driving in a completely opposite direction. I had to go about three or four miles down to the next exit to get off, to reroute, to come back the way I was intended to go the first time. See, I don't know about you, but in my life, God constantly is giving me everlasting feedback. He's constantly telling me about the path, the direction, the guard post in which my life is supposed to go. But I don't know if y'all are any like me sometimes, you think you know better than God. You think you know the right way to go. And what happened just this past Tuesday, it was a little bit of extra stress. It cost me a little bit of extra gas, and I got to the destination. I got back home finally, but it took me a lot longer than it ever was intended to be. See, there's so many of us, I think we can relate to that. God is always speaking to us, but are we listening? See, before Jesus heads to the cross, he promises that God the Father will send the gift of the Holy Spirit. And as you read in Acts chapter 2, that's exactly what you see. Holy Spirit comes upon them on the day of Pentecost. Paul later tells the Galatian people, he says, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. See, the older I get, the more I want to allow Holy Spirit to guide my life. Not only to speak to me, but to speak through me. See, we could stay all day speaking about the Holy Spirit and the benefits of relying on the Holy Spirit, but today I want to give you just two quick things. See, things that I found out that when I have the Holy Spirit guiding my life, the first thing I see is the Holy Spirit confirms. The Holy Spirit confirms. Last week, if you were here, we were in this space and I shared a message in week two of this series that the Lord had put on my heart. And it was around three things that we saw from the Israelite people in Exodus chapter 14. The Lord said, I've planned this. Don't be afraid. Get moving. And over the last seven days, can I tell you, the number of you who have reached out to me and said, Pastor, that was a word for me. The Lord confirmed what he had put on my heart. And now it causes me to go next level, to step out in faith, knowing that my God is there every single step of the way. Can I tell you throughout my life, the Holy Spirit confirms things that he's speaking to me. Direction that I think I need to go. Just this week, I love, if you don't journal, if you don't take notes, I would highly encourage you to do that. Just this week, I took out a journal from about two and a half years ago. In about May, June of 2019, that is when transition started to happen here at Riverside. See, Rachel and I, we were announced as the next lead pastors of this church following Pastor John's retirement about six months down the road. And let me tell you, people lost their minds. I was a very unconventional choice. Anybody who's here at Riverside, you know I am not Pastor Don. He's wearing a red sweater today, I'm wearing a Miss Max Jimmy Butler jersey, yo. But you see, throughout that time, it was one of the hardest seasons of our life. But I love, throughout that time, the Holy Spirit continued to confirm that we were in the right place at the right time. Because you see, there's a conference, shout out to Voo Church in Miami. It's a church I absolutely love. It's doing incredible things in Miami and around the planet. And every year they have a conference. And we try to go every single summer down there. And about five or six months before all of this announcement were to take place, we had already bought tickets to go down there. And just as everything was kind of falling apart, if I could say it like that, back here, Rachel and I, with some of our team, we hopped on a plane and we got the heck out of Dodge. And while we were there, I'm telling you, it was such a divine destination that the Holy Spirit knew five, six months ago that that was where we were going to need for that particular week because as we sat in session after session over three or four days... It was as though every single speaker, every single pastor, every single preacher knew exactly what we were walking through. And every single time, the Lord continued to confirm that we were supposed to continue to walk into the destiny and the purpose that God had for us. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit confirms it time and time again. Psalm 32.8 says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best, best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Can I tell you, I've known that verse since I was 10 or 11 years old. When I was 10 or 11, one summer, my mom shipped me off to Camp Manitoumi. At Camp Manitoumi, I think she just wanted to get rid of me for about five or six days. And while I was there, there was a contest. A memory verse contest. And listen, I was competitive. And I wanted to win. And I'm standing on this platform today letting you know that back in the summer of 1988, I was the boys camper of the week from Camp Manitoumi. Holla at your boy. This was one of the verses from that summer. This verse has stuck with me almost 35 years later but can I tell you it hasn't been to almost recently when I've reread this verse again I saw something I had overlooked for decades it's a small little word called best it says I will guide you not along the pathway for your life but the best pathway for your life, See, because when you connect yourself with the Holy Spirit, when you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, He will take you down not a good pathway for your life, but the best pathway for your life. And see, in that short little verse, I believe there are three promises that we see here. He says, I will guide you. Let me give you three things. I believe the Lord is saying in this, I will show you. I will show you where you're supposed to go. You don't have to figure it out on your own. I know you're in a season of trying to manipulate. I know you're in a season of trying to figure it out. But if you just rest in me, the Holy Spirit says, I will show you. But then also, if you continue to read, it says, I will advise you. I will not only show you, but I will shape you. How many of you have ever been, when you start going down the path that God has called you to, he starts to reveal some things in your life that are not of him. He starts to shape you. He starts to mold you. He starts to remove things that are not of him. That unless you do the hard lifting in that season, you will never walk into the true destiny and purpose for your life. He's saying, I will show you. I will shape you. But then he says, I will watch over you. I will shepherd you. I will not let you go too far off track, I will pull you back, I will watch over you. Just like that shepherd went after the one, he left the 99 here to chase after you. The Lord is saying, I will shepherd you. See, there's some of you today, can I say, you're in this place of saying, well, I can't hear from God. It's good for you, Pastor Michael, but for the rest of us, I'm not hearing from God. And can I challenge you? You're not hearing from God because you're not hanging with God. You're not spending time in God's word. There are so many seasons of my life that the Lord has challenged me on that. You're not hearing from me because you're not spending time every single day in my word. It's not good enough to just come on a Sunday and think that that's going to get you through the rest of the week. You'll be miserable by Monday. You'll be testy by Tuesday. I'm not going to keep going, yo. It's dumb. You're like, okay, we get it. But you see, so many times when I get in God's word, he starts to show me his plan for my life. I stood on this platform last week and I say, I stand in awe of what God has done in my life. That when I was a 19-year-old boy that was depressed, that was suicidal, I had no idea what to do. And God to just open up God's word, just open up your Bible, let me speak to you. And it changed the course of my life. I had no idea. My mom had told me for years and years. You would be an incredible teacher. People had shown me that I would spent time every single day while I was in this bout of depression. This boy and I, man, we just, I got to know his mom. And we sat there at this bus stop every single day. And I loved spending time with this four and five-year-old kid. And I knew that the Lord maybe was calling me into teaching. And I was like, I don't know that that's for me, Lord. And what he did that one day, I said, Lord, you've got to show up. You've got to slap me across the face because I'm not as spiritual as Christian as some of y'all. I don't always take the Lord at his word. He's got to come and slap me across the face to wake me up sometimes. And the Lord that day, he drew me to Romans 12, 7. That is not a verse that you would ever memorize at Camp Man to me. But Romans 12, 7, can I tell you what it says? If you are a teacher, teach well. It changed the course of my life. If you don't know my story, I was not one of those kids that's like, I'm going to be a panther one day. That was never on my radar. For 15 years of my life, I taught third graders. And I loved it until the Lord started to shift. Because why four, four and a half years ago when we felt that there was a change, it was because the Holy Spirit was directing us. We allowed the Holy Spirit to guide our life every single day. And throughout my life, it has been a constant place of the Holy Spirit confirming. But can I tell you, the Holy Spirit doesn't only confirm, the Holy Spirit secondly convicts. <laughs> it gets a little quiet when we say convicts. We love the confirmation. We don't love the conviction. We love the yes. We don't like the No. See, because when you think about conviction, what's the difference between the two of them? See, confirmation is the Lord telling us, make a move. Conviction is Holy Spirit telling us, make a change. Holy Spirit will come and tell you to make a change. See, there's people I know in this space today, you don't like to come to church. You don't like what I preach on this platform. You get really uncomfortable. And it's not about my style. It's not about what I'm preaching, what I'm not preaching. You don't like it because the Lord is convicting you. Oh, that doesn't get class. It's okay. It's cool. But that's what it is. There are times where we sit in here, I sit under incredible preachers, incredible pastors, incredible leaders, and it steps on my toes because in those moments, the Holy Spirit is convicting me John 16:8 and when he comes he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment See we love the fruits of the spirit Some of y'all if I went to your house right now I would get in the front door and you would have some framed thing from hobby lobby with all the fruits of the spirit love joy peace patience gentleness self control Cuz we love The fruits of the Spirit. See, we aspire for the fruits of Galatians five twenty two, but we're caught up in the desires of Galatians five nineteen. But don't get it twisted today, because some of us, when we read Galatians five nineteen, we don't like to, and we just kind of skip over it. If it's in our Bible reading plan, we got to read Galatians five. We jump right down to the fruits. Those are the things that make us feel good. But we bypass the two or three verses that come before that. Where it starts to talk to us about sexual immorality, lustful pleasures. And some of y'all are real Christian in this space right now. And you're like, that ain't me. Sexual immorality, I am good. Lustful pleasures for somebody else further down the row. But then you continue to read. It talks about drunkenness. Wild parties. That was my past. That's my testimony. Look what the Lord has redeemed me from. Hallelujah. But you don't want to read some of those other things. Hostility. Quarreling. Jealousy. Anger. Selfishness. Some of y'all, I'm speaking right into your situation today. See, that's who we are. See, just because... The fruits of the spirit are hanging on our walls of our living rooms and our bedrooms doesn't mean that we're living it. Our aspiration looks different than our situation. And if we're real today, we do not look like the fruits of the spirit at all. We can put on the face. We can smile. We can say the right Christianese terms while we're in here. And then we get out of this place and all hell breaks loose in our homes. We're going to go back to our places of business tomorrow, our employers, and we're going to talk each other down. We're going to talk about one another behind our back. See, we don't want to talk about the fruits of the Spirit, but you have to also talk about the desires that it talks about in Galatians chapter 5. See, can I tell some of y'all? Let me just do a, a quick little blurb for you. I don't know if you've ever done this. When I was living a life apart from Jesus, I would go places that I had no intention of ever being. And when I would get there, I would drive up to wherever I was going, I'd get out of my car, I'd go up to the door of the home or the business or the club, wherever I was going. And before I walked through the door, I did one of these. What was I doing? I was seeing if anybody saw me. If you do the look around, y'all, that's conviction. That's the Lord speaking to you. If you look around someplace, before you slide in there, that is not a place that you probably need to be. And let's keep it real today. Some of y'all are never coming back here ever again. I don't love this church. He yells, he wears bright colored bozo shoes, and he convicts me. It's okay, yo. But there's so many of us... If we're being honest, even in the last week, we slid into a bar when we've told everybody, I'm good with my addiction, I'm not drinking anymore. There's some of us that have slid into somebody else's home, somebody else's apartment, thinking that nobody knows, but God knows there's some of us in here that when our kids and our spouses are asleep, we slide into the basement and we start looking at stuff on our computer and on our phone thinking that nobody knows what's going on. We slide into another room so we can start gossiping Or start talking about somebody that we have some beef with right now. See, we've got to get a hold of this. See, if I'm talking to you right now and there's something going on, that is Holy Spirit trying to speak to you right now. That's conviction. He's showing there's things today that we have to remove. Romans chapter 9, it says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. See, the Holy Spirit, he reveals my sin and he reveals his grace. That's the Holy Spirit time and time again in my life. And see, I want you to take this today because there are some of you that are so tethered to your past right now and things are starting to come up in you, things that you thought you'd forgotten about. But I need to tell you today, if you take nothing else away from this morning, the Holy Spirit uses conviction not to shame you, but to shift you. Not to shame you for your past, but to shift you into the future that he has for you. To make you aware, not of your mistakes, but to make you aware of his mercy. See, for all 21 people that are getting baptized today, it came to a moment. A moment of realization where they were convicted of their sins and convinced of their need for a savior. And in that moment, that everlasting feedback led to, secondly, everlasting forgiveness. It led to everlasting forgiveness. In 1 John, the author uses the word love 47 times throughout the book. There are multiple calls to love others. But as you read the five chapters, it all comes out of God's love for us. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 8-9, through 9, it says, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Did you catch that in there? God is faithful and God is forgiving. Can I tell you today, God is committed to you. God wants to come alongside you. He wants to have a relationship. Even if you slipped into sin, He's saying, I'm committed to walk this through. I'm just waiting for you to come and confess. I'm trying to convict you so I can walk you into the purpose that God has for your life. See, He says He's faithful, but He's also forgiving. See, He's listening to you. And some of you, even in this space right now, there are things that you need to come and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I'm repenting to you. There's times that I, I wasn't fully aware of your Holy Spirit. I did my own things. You showed me the right path that you had for my life, but I was too convicted to do it all on my own. I kept going down the path that I knew was not of you. See, I'm super excited that over the last week or so, so many of you had have the opportunity to listen to our brand new Riverside worship EP called We Agree. It's brilliant. Yeah, give it up. I love it so, so much. And it was, it was really interesting because we kept saying in the weeks leading up, on last Friday when it was released, we said it will be on all streaming platforms. Go listen to it on all streaming platforms. And almost immediately some of y'all reached out to me, I can't find it on Spotify. And it became a joke for about a 24 to 36 hours with our team. We kept saying it's available on all streaming platforms except Spotify. Yeah. Like we almost made teachers, except Spotify. See, that became the exception. And there's so many of us that we start to believe that God's grace is for everyone else, but we're the exception. Except me. God's grace, God's mercy, God's forgiveness is poured out on everyone except for me. I'm too far gone. I made too many mistakes. The aftermath, too devastating. It's too much to ever salvage that relationship between the Lord and I. See, five weeks ago, I stood on this platform and I preached a message called excess baggage. And as I stood here, so many of you, you left your baggage here at the altar. The ramifications from five weeks later are still with some of you. Real talk before I get into it, I held those bags for two services that this middle finger, I ain't gonna show you because I don't wanna give you the finger today. Um, You're like, remember that one week I went to Riverside and the pastor like flipped me off? I'm not showing you. But like, I held those bags. I, I have no feeling in this finger. Like, you could come and bite it. I have no feeling whatsoever. All for Jesus, yo. Um, But there's so many of us, we came here, we left our baggage up and down this aisle. We thought that that was going to be the end of it. I'm walking in freedom. And in that moment, God removed it, but you keep rehashing it. And God is saying, if you've given it to me, leave it in the past, in the past, so you can walk into the future I have for you. See, Psalm one hundred 103, 8-13 through 13 says, the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Some of you need to let this just wash over you today. Slow to get angry. Filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us. Nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Some of you need to let the words of that psalm wash over you today. You need to take that because I know there's some of you today. You're you're in this place where Holy Spirit's already starting to move in your heart. There's already things that you know I'm, I, I need to come back to Jesus or I need to come to Jesus for the very first time. And I see it constantly because can I tell you this is my life. There's been conviction. I've given my heart and life to Jesus. I've sat. In a, a, a worship service like this, on a Sunday morning in the front row, and can I tell you, the enemy hates it when you give your heart and life to Jesus. Because there have been times I've sat on a Sunday morning in the front row and real talk, by Sunday night I was in the back seat of a car. Because why, the enemy wanted nothing more than to take me out, than to bring shame and disgrace upon me and make me believe that I would never be used by God in any single capacity. Can I tell some of y'all today, I stand here on this platform preaching the good news of Jesus Christ to tell you the devil is a liar. See, I praise God for what he's done in my life, but I also praise God for what he hasn't done in my life. Because he should have taken me out time and time again, and he had every right to do it. But it says his love stretches from heaven to earth. See, my my boy Liam, when he was little, I would come home. From school, and he'd come up to me, and I would say, Buddy, how much do you love dad? And he goes, I love you this much. Like he he couldn't pull his arms far enough. And see, I thought about that today because I think that's how our everlasting father sees you. That when you run to him, when you come back to him, he stretches his arms as wide as he can and says, I know you've made a mistake. I know you've wandered off, but this is how much I love you. That's a word for somebody today. You seem like I've gone too far off track. I'm too far away for God to ever love me, to give me a second chance. And your everlasting father say, no, 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 I love you. You this much and i'm waiting for you to come back home i'm waiting for you to come back home see we can't wrap our minds around unconditional love we can't wrap our minds around an everlasting father because what we've done is we've projected our views of our earthly father onto our everlasting father See, because there's some of you right now that when you disappointed your dad, he completely turned on you. That when you embarrassed him, he chastised you. That when you became such a disappointment, he finally gave up on you and turned his back on you and walked away. And now that's what you feel like God the Father has done to you, that you've embarrassed him. You've exhausted all your chances. But can I tell you, when I read in scripture, that is not what I think your everlasting father, how he sees you. See, can I tell you, your earthly father may have criticized you, but your heavenly father wants to cradle you. He wants to pick you back up and bring you closer to him. See, your earthly father may have bounced on you. But can I tell you, your everlasting father wants to bless you. Your earthly father may have abused you, but cannot tell you, the everlasting father, he accepts you for who you are. Because he sees the potential in you that he wants to pick you back up and dust you off and walk you into the purpose that he has for your life. See, Isaiah 9, 6, I've said it every single week. I don't think it's just... For names of God, I think it's for promises of God. In week one, when Pastor John talked about the wonderful counselor, I believe the promise is, I will comfort you. Last week when we talked about the mighty God, I believe the promise there is, I will carry you. And today, you need to know that the everlasting father, when you fall down, he's saying, I will catch you. I will catch you when you fall. Just jump. Trust me. Have faith that I am who you say I am. See, my dad and I were in Florida many, many years ago. And that day at the beach in Fort Lauderdale, the waves were really choppy. It wasn't the best beach day. And my dad kept saying, don't go too far out. Be careful. Michael, don't go too far out. Be careful. And I as a punk eight, nine-year-old, even back then with a big mouth, I knew what I thought was best. And I went out there and I kept going deeper and deeper. And sure enough, one wave came over and it knocked me out. And I started to be pulled underneath the waves. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. My dad got up off the shore and he ran into the water and he picked me up in that moment and can I tell you when my dad picked me up it wasn't from a place of I told you so it wasn't he didn't come out there and says I want to condemn you no he says I will carry you and he picked me back up he brought me back to dry land. He took care of me. He wrapped a towel on me and he covered me in that moment. I felt the love of a father. See there's some of you, it feels like the waves of life are coming over the top of you. You can barely breathe in this moment and the Lord is saying, I'm diving in after you. I will carry you. I will catch you. I will bring you back to shore. Why? Because my unconditional love is enough to reach you wherever you've wandered to, even when you've wandered far away. See, each person today, out of these 21, they've experienced the love of an everlasting father. They've came to a place where they've come to the Lord and said, I can't do it on my own, things are too tough, and Lord... I give my life, I give my heart over to you, and I just need you to be there to catch me. And if you had time to sit down with all of these two dozen people, there would be story after story after story of all ages that said that my God swooped in and he caught me, he carried me, and he brought me to safety. And today we're going to celebrate. See, if that's you, if you're one of those people... And you're one of the 14 in this service that are getting baptized, it's almost your time. Will you stand up right where you are? You're going to make your way. Will you give it up for these? You guys are going to make your way. Come on. Come on, right over this way. You're going to get lined up. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. Go see Carla. So, so good. See, when you've experienced, when you've opened yourself up to the everlasting feedback and you've experienced the enormity of the everlasting forgiveness, can I tell you, finally, you can now walk into everlasting freedom, everlasting freedom. See, that's what these 21 people today, they've experienced the everlasting feedback. Where it got them back on track and they had that moment where they came to the Lord and said, Lord, I need you to forgive me. I'm sorry for what I've done. And they felt that everlasting forgiveness. But today they're experiencing, they're showcasing. They're letting you all know that now there's an everlasting freedom that when their life here on earth comes to an end, they don't worry about what it's going to look like because they found true freedom in Jesus Christ. I have a 16 year old and there's this familiar story that when she was born she was our our firstborn and she was in the hospital room with us that first day that she was born. And at night, I had to wheel her back to the nursery. And so Rach told her good night. And I slowly rolled her back to the nursery and I stood out there for a little bit and about five or six minutes later, I came back into Rachel's room with Ella, rolling her right back. And she goes, what are you doing? And I said, Rach, she just kept looking at me. I couldn't I couldn't hand her over. I couldn't give her back. See in this Christmas season Mary and Joseph they're there cradling the Savior of the world. And as they look down at that young baby who in the course of weeks and months and years grows older, I wonder if there was a part of them that just didn't want to hand Jesus over. I'm not fully sure that they knew exactly the ridicule and the tribulation and all that was going to come against their son, but they knew that it was part of the process. They knew it was part of the story that eventually they had to hand over their son to die on the cross, to die for you and for me. See, Jesus himself, as he gets older and as he's going about his earthly ministry, we see Jesus predict his own death in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. See, Mary and Joseph, they knew that they had to release him so that Jesus could rescue you. So you can't have the Christmas story without the Easter story. You can't have the birthing of Jesus without the breaking of Jesus. That here is a young boy born to a virgin mother, one night in a stable, one night in a cave. And as that man started to grow up. He dealt with the taunts. He dealt with the ridicule. He knew what he was in for. And one day as a 30-something man, a perfect man, a man who never sinned, is he went to the cross for you and for me. The most horrific death imaginable. Crucifixion on a cross. Nails in his hands. Nails in his feet. A crown of thorns upon his head. A spear through his side. And why did he do it? Because it was out of his love for you and for me that 2,000 years later, that there were going to be people on a Sunday morning during the Christmas season that would be sitting here today and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. If it all ended today, do you know where you'd go? See, we believe here at Riverside... Hell is a real place. When you die, or when Jesus comes back, there are only two options. And I stand here on this platform today that there's so many times I have to come back to God. I need to be reminded of what he did on the cross for me. So you need to know today that his death on the cross it bought you freedom from the penalty of sin but it also bought you freedom to the promise of eternity penalty promise see there's some of you today that if it all ended today you'd receive the penalty for what you deserve but for those of us who give our heart and life to jesus there's a promise beyond this life. There's a promise that one day we're going to be together in heaven. See, when you've accepted Jesus at your Savior, you stand a little bit taller. You sleep a little bit better. You speak a little bit bolder because I know that no matter what y'all think about me, I know what God thinks about me. And one day when I leave this earth, I'm going to be united with my heavenly father. And can I ask you today, will you be there with me? See, and some of you today, you think you're the exception. God could never love me. God could never use me. If you knew my past, if you knew what the last week looked like, God could never see me. See, but when you accept Jesus, your acceptance leads to your assurance. I know one day where I'm going to be. And see, for those of you that still are fighting it, you still don't believe that the god of the universe, a perfect savior could love an imperfect person, can I tell you? I have news for you. I want to read one more scripture and then I got to go and the party's going to start. Romans 8:38 For those of you who still are sitting here today, not sure that the love of god extends to you. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above, in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's God's love to you. That's how much He loves you. And if that's you today, And saying, Michael, I'm not assured if it all ended today, where I'd go. If that's you, I want to help you make the biggest decision of your life. We're going to have a party before the party. Because there's some of you today, you know you need to get your life right with Jesus. And if that's you, would you be so bold to join me up here at the front? Don't look around, if that's you today, and you know, I'm not sure where I would be. The Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you today, if that's you, will you just join me up here on the front? I'm not sure. Michael, I gave my heart and life to Jesus at one time, but I'm not sure what that looks like. I feel like I'm too far gone, and today, I want to allow space, if that's you, to know without a shadow of a doubt that that's me. See, I want you to turn to the person sitting next to you, because in a space like this, it gets a little nerve-wracking. I'm going to steal a play out of Pastor John's book where he often would say, if you want me to go down there with you, I'll go with you. Turn and ask that person, if you need me to go, I'll go with you. Because today, what you're going to see in this space is that there are people who are celebrating what God has done in their lives. That at one point, they were just like you. They were scared, they were nervous. What will people think about me? And God is saying, I don't care. so much. Keep coming. I see you. Keep coming. Give it up. Come on. See, so often we rush through, we race through things. We got to have, we have a time limit. Come on in guys. Come on down. Y'all, this morning in the cafe. I'm so glad to have you guys. See, and today we're just finding that assurance. No matter how far I've gotten off track, the Lord is saying, You're my son. You're my daughter. I have a plan for you. And so, everybody in this space right now, will you just bow your heads? Will you just close your eyes? And I want you to pray with my brothers and sisters up here, knowing that they're not alone. And those of you who are here at the altar, I want you to pray this aloud. Pray from your heart. It's just a conversation between you and the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. And today I invite you into my heart, into my life, and today I desire to walk with you into the future. I give you my past, I give you my present, and I give you my future. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're a part of our discipleship team, will you just come down really quickly? Coming down, these are some of my very favorite people, some of my very best friends. They're just gonna introduce themselves to you. They're gonna give you their name. Discipleship team, I don't want them to miss baptisms. I think this is gonna be a party. So what I want you to do team, introduce yourself. And those of you that are here at the altar, I need you to make me a promise. After baptisms, I want you to go find them in the lobby immediately following this service. Because here's what I want. We already have our very next baptism scheduled the first one coming in 2022, and I want y'all to be a part of it. See, there's some of you today, you've never taken that next step to be baptized. Our next one's coming in May. Sign-ups are starting right now. You can go to riversidepeori.com slash baptism. You can sign up today so you can celebrate with us. I love you so, so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Make sure you go see these guys in the lobby when we're done. i got to go change, y'all. Will you get to your feet? We're going to worship together. We're going to baptize some people. And we're going to celebrate what God...